make your deponiki. You are on 106.1 FM, Wellington Access Radio. And this is B-Side Stories. The stories of the people that make Wellington tick. Great to have you with us. Yes, I am Perrine in the studio with David today. And we uh, we were just discussing the links between radio and unions. And I definitely think <laughs> unions are a thing that make Wellington tick. Mm-hmm. Um, so our guest in... Our guest on B-Side Stories today is Ben Peterson from Unions Wellington. Welcome, Ben. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to be here. Um, And I was about to do an intro of what Unions Wellington do and realised that who better to explain it than you? I'm more than happy to. So um, Unions Wellington is the the regional um, affiliates council. Um, So that means that there's different trade unions for different sort of industries and roles there's the nurses union if you're a nurse or uh, the teachers associations or um, yeah the public service association um, I work with retail workers um, and unions Wellington is the, the sort of the body or the council where we come together to talk about what's happening for working people in Wellington and, and from there also like do campaigns and stuff to support each other or support um, sometimes workers who maybe don't have a union yet who need somewhere to go but they can get in touch with us and we can try and get some support around them as well. Right. So when you said you work with retail, is that through mm. Unions Wellington or do you have like a day job? Is um, this my personal day job is I'm an organiser with First Union uh, who do retail. Um, yeah, well, First Union does a few things. It's sort of retail and logistics and um, and finance and, and woodworkers as well, um, sort of strange, uh, strangely enough. But um, that's my sort of day job. And then, um, yeah, as part of that, I, I, I can be in Unions Wellington and um, try and help that um, happen. But we've got a committee of people, um, both union organisers who do it full time and union delegates who um, work in their jobs but do involved in workplace activism as well. Yeah. Right. So when you say the thing that cracks me up about unions is the language is always sounds really old fashioned. So when you talk about convening this group mm. and um, uh, there was... Oh, there's all this, you know, my union that I belong to, the PSA, Public Service Association, has Congress and all of these mm. terms that you just don't come across much in everyday life. So I might stop you and ask for explanations oh, if we start do. using please that do. language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you say you convene them, what's it, What's your kind of, what's your role there? Do you kind of, is it like a... So we have like a, um, we well, this year's been a little bit disrupted uh, because it's been an interesting year that, um, for a few reasons. Um, but the my role convening it is to, um, well, each month we have um, meetings where we sort of get together and, and anyone who um, wants to be involved can come along um, and um, talk about what's happening for them or hear what's happening for unions. Um, and I try and communicate with different tra- unions in different areas to sort of keep tabs on what they're doing and if there's anything we can do to support them. Um, and also run our social media and, and stuff. Um, yeah, that's, I suppose, the, the sort of the thing of just trying to bring it all together and, and keep tabs on stuff and, and facilitate communication, I guess. This sounds to me like you're doing a full-time job <laughs> as well as your other job. Yeah, well, I think unions... Um, <laughs> Unions are, we've got a big, ultimately, unions, I think the the underpinning thing is that working people do the work in, in the world and that we should have a bigger and better say in, in what that looks like and often working people aren't thought of. Um, and that means there's a lot to do because the world doesn't quite work that way and there's a bit of a gap between the world, the way the world should be and the way it is at the moment. Um, so 
it means there's always plenty to do. Um, as a, if you're fortunate enough to be able to work for a union or if you're a delegate, there's a member on a workplace, there's, there's always heaps of things to be involved and um, no shortage of stuff that could be done. So we try and yes. do what we can in a modest sort of way. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. What's the, what do you mean when you say working people? Because most people work in some way mm. or another. What's your kind of... Who well, do you count as a working person or what's the... Well, I think that's a really good point Like, because most people do work and contribute um, in some form or another. Um, and I think in Unions Wellington, I think there's unions as, as sort of formal structures where if you work in a, a workplace and there's a union on, on, on that site, you can uh, join and pay a few dollars a week and you'll be covered by a union agreement and you'll have the capacity to negotiate with your employer for better paying conditions or if you do find yourself in a dispute or having a problem, you've got someone that you can access resources. Um, and I think that's an, that's an important part of it and, and that is what unions are in, in some ways. But I, we do try and, um, through Unions Wellington, because it's a it's a space to bring together different unions and groups. We do try and have a more expansive view of what what is work as well and try and do um, and what is a relevant issue for work. So it's not just that, um, I don't know, the photocopy is broken and, and you can't do your job properly and need it fixed or there's not enough tea or coffee in the break room. It's also that... Um, you know, welfare reform is really important because when people go out of work, um, they need to be able to survive um, while they're dealing with other things or looking for other employment. And at the moment, welfare is really um, inadequate. So we spend a lot of time trying to do that. Or, or we did do some stuff, um, say, in the wake of the um, terrible events in Christchurch last year, um, which feels like a long time ago, but wasn't that long. Um, we did... Um, when there was the the vigil in in um, the Basin Reserve, un- a lot of unions were there to help provide organisers and support to get people in and out, and to provide just the the high vis vests and and the, some of the expertise and organising stuff to help make that event happen. And um, a lot of the people end up speaking, or, or um, were people from union backgrounds as well. Um, so yeah, we try and take a a broad view about what what our role is, and and both as workers and. Anyone who's, if you're contributing, then you need a voice um, and you should be part of, of something or can be part of something. Um, yeah, and both in terms of who's involved and who we try and involve and work for and speak for as well. Mm. I'm, I imagine a lot of people who went to that vigil mm. didn't know that it was Unions Wellington or a collective u- mm. unions that were helping people get in and out the door. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of... Uh, like a metaphor for the work of unions, you often mm. don't know what they're doing until it <laughs> hits you in yeah, the face. Yeah, yeah, and I think for a lot of people who are union members, um, you don't always think about it until something comes up, you know, until there's a something happening, a change in your workplace that sounds a bit scary or at the moment with, um, or the most recent example with the COVID stuff where all of a sudden a lot of union members who hadn't really thought about it had just had it there for the, the rainy day and then we got to March 22 this year and um, found out that the rainy day had come because we were going into lockdown and what that was going to mean. We were really busy in that time working through, um, yeah, what well, was a pretty scary time for people. Mm. Um, what kinds of work were you doing in that time? So I think because things happened really quickly, um, there was a lot of people wanting to know basically where they stood. Um, and then also there's... So is that things like um, sick leave or yeah, or if they can't physically go to the office or... Yeah, it... yeah. So it, it, different workplaces affected in different ways, but that was like, so for a lot, lot of people, um, 
you know, we got, went into to lockdown and then a lot of people were told in some workplaces that they needed to take sick leave or they wouldn't be paid or that um, they had to use their annual leave before they could get anything else. Um, and, you know, there were some employers that tried to um, take advantage of the situation and the wage subsidy and stuff. Um, but by having unions, you had somewhere that union members could go to where um, they could get advice around what was happening and what their entitlements were. Um, from a group of people who are accountable to working people, not accountable to the business or to um, to government or anything else. You know, the um, I suppose the strength of a union is it is accountable to the people who make it up, um, and so the advice and stuff is focusing on, um, yeah, on, on what union members need rather than um, than other concerns or yeah. Yeah. Mm. And in that time. Did you, yeah, did you kind of get exposed to, do you hear about the good things that different employers are doing or do you mostly just hear the well, <laughs> bad it, stories? It, it, it tends to err towards, uh, yeah, well, it's the kind of thing no one calls up their insurance company to say they're having a great day, yeah. you know, like uh, <laughs> if you're getting in touch with the union, it's usually because there's something sort of going on. And that's not to say that all employers were, you know, um, or evil, and, and in a lot of ways with the COVID <laughs> stuff, it, it all happened really quickly. So there was a lot of people just trying to figure out what what it meant. Um, but even in good employers, and I think generally with the COVID stuff, if I'm being totally honest, most the overwhelming majority of um, situations were able to be resolved really quickly. And, and I think there was just a big issues in a lot of places around communication and mm. um, and what was sort of going on. Um, but there is a thing often of um, I guess, interpretation, I suppose. And the reality is that big organisations, whether they're government departments or uh, ministries or private businesses, um, will tend to move, move towards an interpretation that's advantageous for them. Um, and that's not necessarily what's in the best interest of, of working people. Mm. Um, and when you've got a, a union, you've got someone that's going to put a, an argument forward that, that represents you know, what's good for you. Like, a, a, again, sick leave was one that came up a lot where people were being told, oh, you need to use your sick leave before you can access extra discretionary leave um, for um, for the time that we were in the lockdown. Um, and in, in most cases, we were able to, to get that brought back and people's leave reinstated um, because that's not that's not what was happened and that was not what was um, sort of outlined. Um, but yeah, and I think that that can't happen. It's um, by having a union, it gives you the sort of space to Get, at the very least get advice around that but also get support and raising those things within a business mm. um, because it's hard to do it by yourself you know if you're it's hard to sort of argue with a or if you're in a small business it's hard to sort of argue or you know raise things with a um, your employer when they directly work with you or in a big organization if you're one of you know thousands of people in a big organization it can be very hard to um, get your concerns or questions right, uh, answered quickly because you're just one cog in a, a big machine. Um, but having a union gives you another a vehicle for um, for yeah, looking after yourself and, and your co-workers. Mm. Yeah, I imagine that time as well for people who were mm. able to work from home because you don't see your colleagues every mm. day. You don't know what they're going through. And I think that was, I mean, for me in my work, coming back into the office and sharing experiences mm. of lockdown, um, I was surprised at how different our experiences mm. were and, you know, it's a lot harder mm. for... It's been a really interesting year in terms of work and, and 
the way we, our society works and stuff, I suppose. It's like I, I work with a lot of retail workers and a lot of people were working in, in supermarkets just because it was a relatively easy, low-stress environment. Um, and then they found out um, that while everyone else is being sent home, that congratulations, you're an essential worker now, mm. um, which was quite confronting to, to some people. Mm. Um, but to everyone's credit, I think people, um, you know, got on board and, and uh, made the most of that. And through the union, then the, um, the we were able to get um, extra pay for people to recognise the, the work they were doing at that time and the, the, um, the situation and the sort of the, the extra stress that people were under um, and spent a lot of time um, on specific people who had underlying health issues who couldn't keep going to work because um, you sort of had this business that was focused on, all right, we've got to keep operating, but then what about those people who maybe had diabetes or asthma or something who couldn't continue to work? And facilitating that was, um, you know, a bit of a task as well. But you had sort of that group. And, and then on the other hand, you've got a lot of people who are now working from home and, and what does that mean and, and what does a health and safety look like when it's your own house? Um, and what does that mean for if in a workplace it might be technically possible to work at home, but that can look really different if you're... Um, you know, in your early 20s and you live with a couple of friends in a nice place and it's all sort of good, or if you're um, at home but home has means you've got four kids at home who are running around and driving crazy, um, you know, that those it's a very different workplace environment and then what you can do is very different, but... Um, and then the companies need to have very different expectations around people and in most cases that's... We've been able to resolve issues that sort of came up, but um, it always helps to have someone on your side. Mm. Mm. So... If you can help me understand, you know, unions mm. themselves have power in the workplace, mm -hmm. but the, you know, the unions Wellington group, mm -hmm. is that kind of more of linking rather than, do you, like, would you say that unions Wellington are able to influence things in particular workplaces? Um, so our role technically is a, is a, the, a council of different unions. So our role is more to, um, or, or formally to support or um, campaigns that different unions are doing or to, um, you know, help where there's issues, say, that might be affecting multiple um, different groups who would try and work or can't support different... Um, yeah, different... Uh, if, if multiple unions are involved in one sort of area, so, like, the university has different unions for academic yeah. staff and the cleaners and, and can be all different sort of people, then that can play a role in trying to facilitate and coordinate sort of groups there. Um, but because even in Wellington, where we've got a more um, higher union membership than, than other places, there's still a lot of people out there who don't have unions in their workplace. Um, so we do try through social media and stuff to... Um, provide some information for people as well who don't have unions yet as to what they could look like or where they could go or what might be the relevant union for them or in some cases over the last couple of years we have um, particularly in hospitality or, or industries where there's very low union membership um, tried to provide some support to people who are looking for union support as well mm. um, so it's a little bit outside of what our, our formal sort of role is but I think yeah it's important if we do want to have that sort of thing of unions work for working people, then um, if there's gaps in the union sort of framework, then we need to do our best to try and plug it. Mm. Um, and so I'm just realising how in this, I feel like in this 10 minutes, we've said the word unions <laughs> more, than, more than this radio station has ever had in a 10 minute period. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, where was I, what was I going to ask about? Do you... 
like union membership mm-hmm. seems to change over time and in recent years has had kind of a downward trend. Have you seen a bit of an uptake post-COVID yeah. or... Um, well, if we get if we get historical, yeah, um, please yeah, 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 correct yeah. me with no, my, no, no, that, that's um, that's it. Because <laughs> um, for a long time in New Zealand's history, unions were compulsory. Basically, that yeah. unless you if you had a religious objection, um, you could sort of opt out. Um, but but broadly speaking, that workplaces had a union and it was um, automatic. Um, and then in the early nineties, there was a range of um, workplace reforms. Yep. Uh, yeah, and a, and a few um, and a range of interesting people that um, really undermine union organisation and, and change that sort of framework to make it much harder for people to come together. Did um, you hear him saying? I listened to that um, interview where he said, "I think we went too far." Yeah, in yeah, changing yeah. the laws to to remove the compulsory membership mm. and exactly. losing the power for the workers. Oh, and, and lo and behold, it sort of meant that wages have basically stagnated or, or stayed the same or gone backwards in some industries since then. Um, yeah. So, And now economically, this is the there's a real direct line you can draw between the issues we're having today with um, inequality and poverty and um, and then it like flowing on like housing and all these sort of things that we... Um, have I'm not saying it's the the sole issue that if unions had existed then everything would be automatically resolved, but there's a big part of that of undermining working people's ability to get a decent wage um, has led to or you know played a, a real role in in a lot of the social problems that we've got today. Um, so yeah, so there was a big drop off in the in the early '90s of union membership, um, but over the and then it sort of stayed broadly sort of steady around 20% of um, working people are in unions or a little bit under, um, and it sort of ebbed around a little bit, but it's been pretty consistent from, the say, the, the 2000s or early 2000s, and about that sort of 20% sort of up or down. Um, but in the last three years, it's actually increased a little bit. So we've got, I was looking at the numbers the other day, and in 2018, there was about 350,000 union members in New Zealand, and, and at the moment, um, it's about 410,000. Um, so we've seen quite a big jump over the last um, couple of years. Um, and I think it's, in a lot of ways, it's a generational sort of thing. So I think, um, mo- like, union members today increasingly are young people who are coming into workplace who are excited by the idea of, like, hey, I can not just turn up to work, but I can, you know, do activism and be involved in stuff in my workplace. And um, increasingly we're seeing more and more people sort of coming through. Uh, that. I think, um, if I can just jump in, um, brings me to a, a question about um, about young people and unionism and, um, you know, you may be a, a younger person yourself and I'm just curious how you got into um, the role you're in now or, or your own background and if it was something you grew up with or... Um, in a sense, I think my... Um my uncles and my dad worked in the railways, or, or my uncles still do work in the railways, um, and were a very union people. Um, and when I started getting jobs, I sort of joined the union. Um, this was in Australia. Um, but I wasn't particularly involved in union um, sort of stuff. Uh, but I was involved in activist sort of work, I guess, um, or activist politics. Um, particularly around sort of climate change. Um, and then I guess at some point it sort of just clicked about the sort of the skills or the things I was doing around um, trying to get action on climate change and, and then that sort of union stuff um, sort of made a lot of connections uh, across the two. And um, to be, in terms of where I am now, to be honest, I came to New Zealand on a holiday 
and a friend who worked for a union said, oh, they've got a job going, you should put in for it, and um, one thing led to another, and that was seven years ago now, and, um, yeah, I couldn't be happier. So it was a little bit, there wasn't an overarching um, arc. It was a bit random in terms of falling into it professionally, but I'm really lucky to, yeah, do so. But, um, but yeah, but I like that in terms of, I think it... Um, I think it makes unionism easier if you're, like for me, I had a, I guess, a, a political sort of interest in, in terms of activism and, um, yeah, and, and community involvement and stuff, um, rather than just look, viewing it as something that's about an extra 30 cents on your wages this year or 50 cents next year or, or whatever, which is really important as a part of it. But I think unions work best when they are taking a proactive sort of stand across a range of things that are important to people. and. Um, yeah, those wages and conditions and stuff, but also the things that are outside the workplace, like environmental concerns or inequality or, um, yeah, it could be anything. Mm. Your political interest and um, obviously the political landscape affects how unions are dealt with or worked with. And um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on our new or soon to be government and kind of their priorities and the things you're going to kind of try and <laughs> try and get them to agree to or <laughs> try and stop them from putting through or what's your kind of what's the yeah it's going to be really interesting i think everyone's a bit surprised by the um the outcome hmm. um i think personally like and on one level it's surprising to see the level of the I guess progressive parties have achieved, um, but it's. I think I'm not surprised in that. I think there's been a growing interest in progressive change. I think in the union stuff, I we've been pretty consistently surprised by how more and more people are getting involved in the union and also having higher expectations and wanting to see both better wages, but you know the union trying to take action on housing, for example, or other sort of stuff. So I. I there's a lot of people in the community that are wanting better out of society or con concerned that things aren't working for them. Um, and I think that's reflected in that result, that people sort of are liking the um, rhetoric or the promise of change. Um, so I hope that that's taken seriously, I guess. Um, and I think from the union's perspective, I think we'll be really keen to try and push for... Um, yeah, those sort of progressive sort of changes. So take, tackling inequality and poverty, um, yeah, trying to get better wages and, and better protections for people in work and, and rebuild the economy in a better way that's more, um, works better for working people. It's not just, um, yeah, low wage service jobs, but um, real ongoing sort of meaningful employment for people. Mm. Mm. And if... Do you have like a a line that you or a, a way when people ask you, you know, what what's the benefit to me of being in a union? I mean, to me, mm. it's kind of it's partly individual, but it's partly mm. because you believe in supporting other people. Mm. But when people are like, oh, well, why should I join the union? Do you have a kind of um, response or is it different every time? Um, <laughs> Convince <laughs> us to join our unions. Well, yeah, it really depends on on the individual in a lot of ways, but it's the, the union is there for working people. So it's whatever 
people want it to be, the union should become that. So if people wanting to are passionate outside of their workplace about political issues and they're wanting to find avenues to take that up, um, then the union makes sense because you need to, or how better, if you're spending 40 hours a week in a work site, why wouldn't you turn that work site into somewhere where you can take up those issues that you're passionate about? Um, if you're just interested in um, your wages and conditions, um, and you're coming to work to um, to earn money and that's all you care about, then that's awesome you should be in the union because union members get paid better. Um, in the last, I don't have to, this year will be a little bit weird, or it's sort of different, but um, in 2018, um, the, like 95% of union members got a pay increase and only about 50% of people who weren't in unions got a pay rise. And pay rises are, are larger. Um, the average union pay rise was something like 2.8% and it was only one7 I think. Those numbers are possibly a little bit out, but there's a significant gap between what you get as a union member and what you get if you're not in a union. Um, so it, it, it pays for itself. Um, and ultimately, even if you you just want to keep your head down but you want to make sure that something... Is it has your back if something does go wrong um, in the workplace then again it makes sense because yeah you never know when something's gonna you know catch fire in the workplace and and you need someone to, to have your back um, not that that happens very often but I think this year's shown that we you'd never know what's around the corner and you never know what your when it might be advantageous to have someone who um, can help you out mm. Mm. Um, so I guess I mean you're coming from a from the union that you work for, but also your mm. kind of linking role in Unions Wellington. If you could pick like two or three things that you would want to change, like in this term of government, could you like do you have specific things, or does that is that just personal to different people, different unions? Um. Oh, well, different unions would have different stuff, but I'm, I'm more than happy to put my own personal Go on, put your there. own. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I, unions have talked a bit about or been trying to lobby the government for the last couple of years around fair pay agreements. Um, now, a fair pay agreement would be, at the moment, you can have a contract with your employer, uh, but a fair pay agreement would be a democratically um, voted on and negotiated agreement which would apply for a whole industry. Um and that's really important because at the moment in a lot of industries, it's really hard to um, to set base conditions. Um, and if you do negotiate with your employer a, a better agreement, agreement um, that can be undercut by other employers that have dodgy um, ways of operating. So, um, for example, at the moment, if most plumbers are employed in small um, companies or, you know, by themselves as sole traders, um, and if plumbers want to, there's no mechanism for them to sort of set as a, as plumbers what the the base conditions will mm. be for for plumbers, um, which means that if there's one person in Wellington who gives quotes that are way below, because they skimp on health and safety and they pay their apprentice minimum wage, or um, then it puts downward pressure on all the other plumbers that are trying to do a good job. Um, fair pay agreements would be a way of um, give those industry, people across an industry an avenue to be able to negotiate and then democratically vote on um, and set base conditions, um, which would be really good and really important a way of, of lifting wages in a lot of parts of the economy. So I think that would be really cool. Um, and aside from, I think the unions are increasingly talking about climate change, actually. It's probably mm. the big thing. Um, there's a real awareness of... Um, 
And I think these days it's quite across the whole union movement. Um, so a lot of unions in some unions it's easier. So like public servants or teachers um, just from their members are, are getting more and more concerned, like people raising concerns about climate change and not seeing action on it. Um, in the past, some unions in, say, mining or um, unions that cover people in oil rigs have maybe not felt very comfortable in that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but these days I think there's a really strong understanding that actually those industries are going to change, whether it's in five years with a plan or whether that's in 10 years with raising, uh, rising tides or um, whatever, that those industries aren't going to be around forever. Um, and the way we, we deal with that is we fight for workers and fight for those communities now to have a sustainable future, not try and defend industries that aren't going to be around it or in those long-term interests. Mm. Um, so I think there's a real interest from the union movement around climate change. I think that's going to be something that's more and more talked about. And is that so, like upskilling, or not upskilling, differently skilling mm. the workers into so they can move into different industries? Yeah, or? yeah. So I think that's, um, I think what the unions talk a lot about is just transitions, um, that we need to have a transition away from, or a lot of government focused uh, government policies or, or things start to talk a lot about emissions and focusing just on getting rid of emissions industries and, and finding the alternatives. Um, but I suppose wanting to, to widen that out to have a, a focus on the communities and, and having their transition um, done in a just way as well. Um, so that would be part of that could be training for, for people so that they move into to better jobs. Um, but also, I suppose, taking a, a social responsibility that making sure there's there are jobs to go to. Um, at the moment, in a lot of ways, if you're a miner on the West Coast, um, mm. when there's not a lot of jobs, if you can get paid good money um, working in a coal mine, and then if the alternative is that you work as a barista for tourists, maybe, but there's no tourists now, yeah. so there's not even that, you know, like, or um, maybe a bit of seasonal work picking fruit or something, like that's not a lot of alternatives, so people w are going to be scared about having that conversation. Yeah. Um, so it's really important not to leave those people behind. And, um, yeah, and part of that will need to um, put the expectation on both the, the emitting industries that exist at the moment that are making money off that, and if not then the government, um, to to have a forward plan for what this is going to mean for those people and, and mm. really factor that into the cost of change as well. Mm. Mm. All right. So mm. fair pay agreements and climate change, some action. Yeah. Those yeah. are the demands for that. I think so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, if we can set it now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, just before we wrap up, I'm wondering if people have heard that, this, and you've obviously convinced them to join whatever mm. union's available to them. Mm. Do you guys have events that people come along to, or is there anything fun coming up? Or uh, To be totally honest, this year <laughs> it's, it's be between the COVID and the election, it's sort of what we don't have a whole lot planned just yet. Um, we've got our AGM next week, um, oh. which is... Well, well there's something a fun. fun. Event, a fun <laughs> event. If you, if you really love going through the motions and hearing an annual report, then you're, you're more than welcome to come along. Maybe there'd be uh, some of that language that I mentioned. Oh, absolutely. About we'll probably call people comrades as well. Oh, you know, yes. To, if you want to go right back to, uh, you know, some real vintage union sort of. Uh, nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so if you really want to come along to that. But the, the, the key space would be to, um, if you're interested in joining a union, uh, there's a useful tool on the... Um, the Council of Trade Unions website, which has a, a Find Your Union tool, which can go through for different industries to help refer you to, to what union might work for you. Mm. Um, or alternatively, you can find Unions Wellington on Facebook as probably the easiest way um, and get in touch with us there and we can help line you up with um, something that might fit for you. All right. 
Oh, well, cool. thank you very much, Ben. No so interesting to hear about the different um, things people get involved with and, um, you know, ways they can participate in workers' movements. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Thanks.